You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. All right. Welcome to Sagas and Sass Season 2. I'm Tara, along with fellow hosts Nick and Nami. This episode will cover Black Powder War, Book 3 of the Temeraire series by Naomi Novik. If you're watching live, join us in the chat, or after the fact, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sagas and Sauce to continue the conversation. And just a reminder, the views expressed in this show are those of the hosts as individuals and do not necessarily represent the show as a whole. We start right up with the, where Throne of Jade left off, Captain William Lawrence and Timurere, along with the surviving members of the crew, are sent orders to travel to Istanbul to take custody of three dragon eggs. We also learn that Prince, I'm not going to butcher his name, uh, the primary antagonist who died in the last book, his dragon, Lien, has sworn vengeance against Timurere and allied with the French. A guide named Tharke helps Lawrence, Temeraire, and crew get to Turkey, and along the way, Tharke helps them survive ambushes and even makes friends with a pack of feral dragons. Unfortunately, once they arrive in Turkey, they discover that the Sultan has made an alliance with France and is no longer willing to give Britain the dragon eggs. Plus, Lien has beaten them to Turkey and is now present in the court there. Meanwhile, the Sultan has seized Britain's payment for the eggs despite the alliance with France, so Lawrence, Temeraire, and team decide to just steal the eggs. I mean, how could they not? So before they're able to pull off this heist uh, for this fire-breathing dragon egg, uh, Lien visits Temeraire and tells him that she doesn't want to just kill him. She wants to destroy everything he loves and see him left in squalor. Isn't she a pleasant one? So they escape to Europe, eventually, uh, eventually landing in Austria, where they find out that the Prussians have allied with the British against the French. So Lawrence plots their travel through Prussia to return to England, but it turns out that as part of the alliance, the British Aerial Corps promised the Prussians 20 dragons, and none of them have shown up. So Temeraire is requisitioned, but unfortunately he can't be too much of a help as the Prussians insist on using outdated tactics, whereas Napoleon and Lien's tactics are next level. Ultimately, the Prussians are defeated, and Temeraire has to carry the royal family to safety. From there, they are forced to Danzig, but it's clearly about to fall under siege. Also, in the meantime, one of the eggs hatches at this point, like, and the little dragon that comes out, she is like, like a little bloodthirsty. She's flyer breathing and she's bloodthirsty. Luckily, Tharke, woo, arrives with the feral dragons as reinforcements and they are able to escape and save the citizens of the city by making and utilizing passenger harnesses like the ones they saw in China. Despite the loss of the city, everyone is looking forward to returning to Britain. Most importantly, however, is that the things that he has experienced in China, Turkey, Prussia, and beyond have led to Temer deciding that the British dragons and, in fact, all dragons should be full citizens instead of just steeds. Lawrence tells Temer that the war must be prioritized, but he also acknowledges that in order for Britain to survive, they must be more open to dragons like Napoleon and the French have been. I guess we'll find out more about when they return to England in the next book. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, sorry. I don't really know what 
is going on. I don't know if it's my internet or Nick's internet or whatever, but like I, I've just I I'm getting lag. I was getting lag like in the summaries. So I'm sitting here like, wait, is he done? I don't know, or is he just frozen? It's like it was Nick's because it was cutting out Nick on my end too, and I was just like, okay. I, I, Nick, did you uh -oh. just stop talking? What? It's okay. It's a it's technical difficulties. They happen. Uh, we we usually actually honestly, I'm surprised they don't happen more considering. Yeah. <laughs> but. Oh, one of the things I was saying, and I don't think you were hearing me, Nick, because like you would like kick, like you would like dove into the summary, and uh, I couldn't hear that you were talking, so I was talking. So who knows which one of us I will have to edit more of. But uh, I, uh, I uh, was saying it sounded when you were when you were saying the uh, you know to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, it sounded like you said sag sagas and sauce, and all I could think of was like, <laughs> I mean, not I me, mean, not really, usually unless it's food sauce, but sauce for me actually actually really yeah. probably probably jonathan is usually the only one that has neither food sauce nor alcohol sauce in hand he needs to get on it like one way or the other he yeah, needs some yeah. sauce because then it could be sagas and assassin sauce yeah yeah i i did see there was another there's another webcast out there called uh Whis whiskey and something or it's 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 something with whiskey and books and and but it's i think they're both w words i can't remember what the what the other word is but i was like oh well, I mean, that's basically what we do. Not necessarily whiskey, but <laughs> sagas and I mean, sauce. mine usually is. Yeah, sagas and sauce. Turn, tune in yeah. next time. Okay, so actually, let's get into this. Um, so I, I know, Nick, you missed our Throne of Jade discussion, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I'm guessing like for, well, in book one, you know, I, I felt it never really seemed to like pick up. And we only had that big like oomph of the divine wind at the end. You know, you discover that mm -hmm. Tamara's got that power. And then book two, we discussed a lot about how slow the first half was when they were on the boat. Um, but then mm -hmm. it got really good when they got to China. Uh, this one, um, Black Powder War, I felt like it was pretty good throughout. Uh, my mm -hmm. one complaint being the unnecessary pages spent on them meandering around Prussia. Like I, I felt <laughs> like she was just writing stuff to make sure the book was X number of pages or X number of words. And the story didn't need like the blathering about like them wandering around Prussia and would have been, uh, been better without it. But mm -hmm. it was, I mean, at least it wasn't the big long trip on the boat. So uh, I, I, I felt like, do you it, mean it, like the wandering after they get like defeated in the battle and like they're all like retreating? Uh, well, kind of all of it to be honest. Like all of Prussia, like there the 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 battle part not so much, but like until they actually like until we get to a point where things are happening, which is when you know they realize they're going to be like totally defeated and they're going to be routed from Danzig and they're going to lose all these people, like and then the feral dragons show up. Like there's just a lot of nothing. See, you know. I probably didn't mind it, but also I consumed this book in a very like different way from you because I was on the audiobook and I was listening it to at two x speed. So mm. for me, the actual Prussia wandering section was maybe 10, 20 minutes at most. <laughs> yes. so it didn't like actually feel drawn out. I honestly have to say that I think this book was one of the most like well-paced that mm -hmm. I, uh, this book felt the most well-paced of the series. So and far, I really yeah. enjoyed that because I was literally bracing myself because last episode you had said you were like, oh yeah, it's like really, really good. And then there's a slow part at the end, which is Prussia, which is what I'm gathering. But to mm -hmm. me, even when I was listening to it, 
I didn't really feel that slowness. Actually, there was one point in this book where things were going so fast that I was like, <laughs> hold up, wait, I need to go back to my ebook and read this. And I like hadn't felt that need or that vibe from these books yet, which was really, really exciting. It was it was the egg heist. I just I love me a good heist. I enjoy heists. Also, the one thing that really irked me in this book was just like the lovely catcalling misogyny subplot of the guys just being horn dogs and being like, well, we're gonna catcall at all the women. And then that leading to the idiots who try to sneak into the harem. Like, and I'm just sort of like, why are men? That was Are they even men though? These are like young ass kids. Like and they made it sound like it was like teenagers or young adults. Yeah, I would I would go with they're like 14 at most, I think. I don't know, man. Not I, that that makes it any better. I just feel like mm -hmm. I you know, it, but it's, it's continuing why are men? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Nick, but like your I don't have a good answer. Your, your species does some distasteful things like catcalling anything anytime they see a woman. I think the thing that struck me the most is that like Tharke is talking to like one of the women in literally full covering hijab and they're like catcalling and I'm like why are men? <laughs> and I think I think the fact that that part frustrated me so much. I was like I was like thank you Naomi Nomovic for like including this in a way because look at these garbage boys being garbage boys i think i'm the only person who like when when the like sultan's officials came in they're like we must put these men to death i was like yeah kill them cat <laughs> well i mean they weren't just cat calling either like the, the so ones that they were gonna kill actually like claimed like climbed fences and stuff like to go after the girls like it was creepy what were you going to say, yeah. Nick? Go ahead. So. And, and I, that actually is a question that I have because, so I expect that kind of writing from men. I don't expect it from women. And so I'm wondering if y'all felt like it was, including that was beneficial because it shows that aspect that's very real, or if you felt like it was gratuitous. So I get what she was trying to do. Um, she, to make the dry, the egg heist work, she needed them to know where, like she needed them to know where the baths were because that was where the eggs were mm -hmm. kept. Um, mm -hmm. I just feel mm -hmm. like it could have been done differently because like, it, it it's not just like the the sort of like misogynistic undertones. It's the cultural insensitivity of it. Yeah, too. that was the other thing yeah. that like I wasn't gonna bring up, but now that Tara's brought it like onto the plate, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I'm eating this food. I'm here for it. But, like, <laughs> just like white Western culture's obsession with like the brown sultan and his harem and that's like the only brown royalty stereotype you see and like it kind of led me down a bit of a rabbit hole because i was like i object to this on the principle that it's the only brown content that i ever see out of western media and i hate it and i'm done with it and then it, and then mm -hmm. i was like wait i should google if like you know harems were actually like historically accurate like did 
Turkey sultans always have harems. And then I was like, you know what? Even if it is, screw it. It's literally the only thing that Western audiences have cherry picked from Eastern culture that they want from brown people. So, um, no, I'm not okay with it. Also, ugh. I think so. I, I like I'm torn about this because as as a I can't call myself a yep. historian, but I was a history major. So like as a history major and as somebody who knows that this book, these books are solidly like alternate history um, and that she like they are very much rooted in real history. I think it does matter whether the Sultan of Turkey at that time had a harem. Um, but I still think that they could have, like, I get why the eggs are there. It's the most guarded place. And, you know, cause I'm thinking like, oh, they could, there, there have to be other baths. Like the Sultan has to have a bath. Like, uh, and it seems like, why weren't they just in the Sultan's bath also? But like, I guess this is supposedly somehow more heavily guarded. I don't know. I, I it's, it, it's, it's very like, it's, it, I'm torn about it because like, I, I do think it matters whether or not this specific Sultan had a harem, but at the same time, like, I just, I feel like it was kind of unnecessary. And, and I also feel like it was just in a way also her adding that sort of extra bit of drama, uh, you know, cause, because like, I do think there could have been a different way for this heist to go, like a different place the eggs could have been, a different way they could have, you know, somehow, wandered into I mean honestly they're young boys they why weren't they just exploring in general you know what I mean like why weren't they just curious young kids just kind of like like trying to like get out of their they're, they're stuck in this area and they want to get out and explore like why did it have to be the women you know um I yeah I'm very torn about it because I, I I yeah I just it just felt, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I guess in, in some ways it could have been necessary, but in other ways I'm like, I feel like there would have been a better way to write it. But also I think we also have to, A, it being alternate history and it is very deeply rooted in real history and B, when it was written, I think probably makes a difference too. Like, I would hope that somebody, if she was writing these this book now, she maybe wouldn't have included it in that way versus like, I, I'd want to say this book is like 13 years old or something. Um, yeah. 14 years old. So I always get frustrated at things like that because pretty much there are two portrayals of brown women, like South Asian, Middle Eastern, that you see in media. And that is the battered woman in the hijab who mm -hmm. has to be modest but is like oppressed by society. And then there's the sexy belly dancer harem woman, and there is no in between. Yeah. So I just, yes, harems may have been historically real, and I, and like I'm absolutely sure they are. But I hate the fact that that is the only like content we get from like my area of the world, and that is pretty mm -hmm. much it. So whenever I see any sort of media made by a western audience that includes a harem with a brown royal i just immediately go oh not again well not only that but they're also money thieving backstabbing villains essentially yeah. mm -hmm. i ugh. i also have a problem where i understand why you try to root it in as much real world as possible if you're trying to have it be an alternate history, but one where dragons exist, but also you're creating a world where dragons exist. 
maybe we could tone down the racism. Maybe we could tone down the sexism. Maybe we could rethink how our societies could be shaped differently because of dragons. And therefore we could also see how that could change racism, how that could change sexism. I'm just so tired of seeing this repeated when we could be telling, to Nami's point, we could be telling stories that are more uh, diverse because certainly even if this specific sultan had a harem, that doesn't mean that like it has to fall into all of these other racist tropes about that area of the world at that time. Well, I mean that and um, like, yeah, that's a super, that's a really good point. And also I feel like we've already, like she's already broken the boundaries of like actual history a bit by having there be women in the British aerial mm -hmm. core. I mean, and we talked about that a little last time where like they were on the boat and the sailors discover that Emily is a girl, you know, I think she's a little boy, but then they discover she's a girl and it's like, it, it's kind of just glossed over. It's, it's like, oh, she's a girl and they all think she, that everybody's gonna throw a fit about it, but then it just, nobody ever talks about it again. So. I, so I think one thing I will say to Naomi Nervik's credit, I think she does get like more sort of aware of the writing that she should be doing. Cause I have read Spinning Silver and I think it is a very, a more aware book than this series mm -hmm. has been so far. And you can see her growth as an author in that sense. Another thing I will say to Naomi Novick's credit is that most white Western people would not understand the problem of the harem trope. This is what white mm -hmm. Western people have been given. This is what they will think of a place without further education. In fact, I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't even realize that Jasmine as a princess and her whole like outfit design was just so like racist that I was like mm -hmm. about it recently. And like, you know, and like, I'm a brown woman. Like, I know that that's not what like actual like brown women dress like traditionally, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's one of those things that, like I understand why she fell into this trope and I'm not going to hold it against her as a writer because I have seen her become more aware in her later writing. I just generally, wish people didn't do this and i yeah. just generally think it sucks which is also why at the very beginning of the series when we started reading it i was like oh man historical fiction the dragons from china uh can't wait for all the great orientalism and colonialism content we're gonna get yikes <laughs> you know and so far like a little bit yeah but i want to um in that vein, and I'm sorry if you guys had any more thoughts about this, we can definitely like rotate back to it. But since we were talking about kind of like the bad things that she did regarding like racial awareness in this book. And the one thing that I will hold up, hold against her though, is like the, like the like feminism stuff. Cause like she's a woman, she should know. So I do wonder why she included that. Cause all it did was make me hate those boys and be like, fuck you, murder them. Versus being like, ah, yes, the poor lads. <laughs> but that aside, um, I love Tharke. I really, really loved Tharke. He pissed me mm -hmm. off so much in the beginning, but then when him and 
Lawrence like finally have that showdown where he's like, you know, I don't look like I belong and people are racist to me because of it. So I just manage their expectations and act like a shitty person. So when they're shitty to me, I can be like, oh, yes, it's because I'm being shitty, not because they're being racist. And I was like, damn, son, like that really <laughs> that that hit me deep in the feelings. And I was God, I love Tharke. And the fact that he actually came back, I was like, oh, my God. And like. Loki looked him up in the wiki and I'm really happy to say that he stays as a main character in this series and I'm so glad because there's finally a character that I like actually care about. Um, <laughs> also confirmed through the wiki and like Naomi Novik's content that Tharke is British and half um, Nepal, like from Nepal. Nepalese, so yeah. Nepalese, 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 I don't know how to pronounce Nepalese. it and I'm Nepalese. Nepalese. Um, I well, I, speaking of Tharke, I was really sad for him about, was it an eagle or a hawk? It was a hawk, a hawk. Yes, this season bird died. <laughs> it was so sad. <laughs> His poor bird friend. This this book had, mm -hmm. had a little bit more death than previous ones, for sure. <laughs> like, I wasn't, uh, I, I don't know, it still wasn't anybody super important, but. It was like, one of the boys, though. What's his name? Yeah, Digby. Digby yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, when he like tried to oh my god, that was a terrible freaking death too. Like, like, I was like the the the, the the imagery of like a broken child's body with like a broken egg embryo on top of oh, it's like very gory in a way that I wasn't expecting and it just made me really sad. Nick, I immediately texted Tara because I wasn't sure how far you were in like reading and I was like mm -hmm. Killed the babies. <laughs> yeah, they killed a character that I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do want to say uh, back to a point you were making, Nami. Uh, mm -hmm. I think this book was written in like 2006. Yeah, which is a very different time. And oh yeah, I do want to give credit to Naomi for like how the the places where she really did great. Considering this was written in 2006, I was like, like I'll say that, like I would not have written as, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not as good of a writer as Naomi is, but I like, I would not have thought to include some of the really important things that she included, and I, I do think that's worth giving notice for. As much as we also, you know, critique the books we read. It is also important to look at, uh, you know, where they were and where they've come. And I, I agree with you. Like, I haven't read Spinning Silver, but I've read Uprooted. And it's it's a different experience because uh, that was a more recent book that she's released. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like I haven't read any of her more recent stuff, so I don't. You know, I, I can't say much about uh, how much she may have like improved as a writer or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, like I mentioned that earlier, I know this book. Um, I want to say the first time around was 2006. So this one was maybe, let's say 2000. It was published in 2008 or 2009, but she was probably surely writing it a year or so before that. And, and yeah, I do think that there's things that she she clearly like uh went out of her way you know or she she was just good about you know and and um i i th and i think I, I was trying to say that earlier maybe i didn't say it that well but like i 
I definitely, you can see just between the first book and, and the second book and the third book, each one, she grows a little bit more as a writer. And I, maybe some of it is more for, at least that I'm noticing it's more like plot development and character development. But um, I, I, I think she also, you know, shows promise in the fact that the way she portrayed like Chinese society wasn't as, you know, like I know Nami was, was pretty afraid of like, she was like, oh, but uh, you know, it wasn't really as any, I don't know how problematic I, I would even say it was. Like, it was really good. Obviously yeah. I'm not like oh, a Chinese person. I can't say if it was like accurate to what Chinese right. actually like, but none of it included what I consider the normal harmful Chinese stereotypes. And it mm. actually, you know, just presented them as a society of functioning fine, great people. And in fact, in ways it kind of was just like, yeah, here are all the ways that China's better than England. Like, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it kind of made me really, really happy, which is why in a way I'm also not super upset by how things kind of go down in Turkey, because you also realize that like, the reason shit is ruined in Turkey is because Lien showed up and is like, hey guys, what if y'all were just assholes? And they were like, what? And she's like, I'm a dragon. Be an asshole. Look at my <laughs> and you know, I, I read that more of a, you know, it's very easy to agree with a giant dragon to be greedy when there's a giant dragon going saying, hey, keep the money. And you know, it was, it was, that part at least to me read less like oh evil brown people but more like evil dragon trying to ruin things ruined a perfectly good deal by playing on human greed in general yeah yeah you know i did like that it wasn't just like they did that on their own they did that because leanne had her like whole other thing also this book made me really love leanne like <laughs> character i thought her whole development was really good because you know from her point of view like Yangsheng was the shit and he was doing his best to make China independent of the West and like not deal with those crazy Brits. And let's be fair, Yangsheng was kind of right. Like they should not have. And like, so to Lian, like Temerer and his, his weird human are like the absolute worst. So I did really love her like character development and the absolute power of her just sort of flying in and being like, hey, you're an infant. And I will destroy everything. Oh, yeah. I like for real. I want to read what she actually says to him because I have to imagine that Naomi Novik has read Song of Ice and Fire because Leanne says, I will see you bereft of all that you have of home and happiness and beautiful things. I will see your nation cast down and your allies drawn away. I will see you as alone and friendless and wretched as am I. And then you may live as long as you like in some dark and lonely corner of the earth. And I will call myself content. And this was just like <laughs> a dragon. I swear to God, it's like a dragon version of what Tyrion says to Cersei, <laughs> like about, you know, uh, I, 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 I can't even remember the exact Tyrion quote, but it is, so very like Tyrion to Cersei. And of course, mm -hmm. um, I want to say that that when Tyrion says that to Cersei, it's from Storm of Swords, I believe. So that was that was published way before this book was. Um and, and yeah, I was just like, oh God, like she has to have read Song of Ice and Fire because this is like yeah <laughs> like it might as well be it might as well just be the same quote honestly <laughs> it was it was so good and i just you know there is something very like lovely about 
a compelling and good villain. Like, not that obviously that they're morally good, but that like you can see their motivations and you can just be like, mm-hmm. yes, I see why you're doing this. If I was you, valid. And I think it was just, it's so gratifying to see the evolution of that villain happening, like just on screen directly versus like, you know, the last book series we read, like the Darkling was just like comedically evil and his <laughs> development to be comedically evil wasn't shown on screen. So he was just a crazy psychopath evil man. And I love the contrast of like having Lien like slowly building up to be this big bad in this book. She sort of steps in and she's like, hey, I'm going to ruin you and you can't stop me. Bye. <laughs> You're an embryo. Peace. Well, and also just um, her, when when Lawrence and uh, the, the Prussian guy, whose name I'm never going to remember, actually mm-hmm. like see Lien and Bonaparte talking. Um, and of course it's like, you know, listen, I get, where Lawrence is coming from, like not killing Napoleon when he, oh, Badenhauer, Badenhauer, like when he and Badenhauer had like Napoleon in their sights, like, uh, you know, Leanne was right there and everything. And I know the series would like probably have been over if they had killed him. And also it would be a way more like alternate history in that case as well. It was still maddening that they didn't, but um, that, that whole scene with, the, with Leanne and Napoleon, like, I think sometimes, like, especially, um, like, as we're taught in, you know, when we take, like, like Western Civ courses and, and history courses, the, the I, I mean, I'm sure, like, in high school, it's the Napoleonic Wars get, like, a brush over if, if you learn anything at all. Most of my high school courses were straight up American history. But, like, you know, even in college, I, my focus wasn't on European history, um, really. It was, it was a weird mix. I won't get into that. But, like, uh, I still, like, I, I think people, I, I know, I, I know a lot more as a history major than, somebody who wasn't a history major would. And I, I think that it's, it's, it's too often brushed over that. Yeah. Napoleon was trying to create an empire and maybe that wasn't great, but also, and a lot of people like suffered because of it, but also he was a fucking genius. Like, and he actually, like to the people that were good to him, he was actually a good guy for the most part. Like uh, he was a bad guy to a lot of people, but he, he wasn't, um, I, like his his relationship with Josephine and everything, like like there's so much like that 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 most like history classes, history courses like don't unpack about him, you know, beyond like oh yeah 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 he he was good at tactics, but it's like no he was more than that he was freaking brilliant like I don't think the world has seen his you know caliber sense honestly I, I mean clearly they haven't because nobody's made it as far as he did mm-hmm. so it was it was i liked like i kind of just liked seeing lawrence seeing him and and just commenting on his you know not just his look you know but his just demeanor and everything and of course we don't know if that's exactly how he was or whatever but i mean he was he was basically treating leanne like an equal um, you know, it, it was, it was a very, it was a very interesting scene and as maddening as it was that they didn't just murder him for, you know, just cause it would have been all over. <laughs> <laughs> um, it still was, was, 
you know, I don't know. It was, it was, I really, really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. I really love that scene as well. And I also was like similarly maddened. I was like, I understand that this is like what honor of the time dictates. I understand that this would end the story right away, but why aren't you just murdering him? Like, like, do it, assassination. If anybody in England hears that you did this, they will straight up shout it to you, honor be damned. And mm -hmm. Russia would love to take a giant bite out of your ass for not just murdering Napoleon when you had the chance. Like, but it's fine. Honor, I guess. This is some Prince Zuko crap if I've ever seen Yeah, it. yeah, the, the whole like, we're not gonna do it while his back is turned. I, I, I've I tried to ignore that reasoning and just be like, I mean, listen, Lien was there, like, so they could have like shot him in the back and then they'd be murdered. And like, God only knows if like his, his armies, how long would it take them to find out that he was gone? And would it even matter for Prussia, especially because like their plans had already been laid for the most part. Like, I, you know, it, there, there's a lot of like, what ifs there um but that doesn't stop me from being annoyed by it <laughs> that's a big ass mood there <laughs> it's like if hitler was like right in front of you and you had the chance to shoot him and you didn't because honor yeah well i mean let's i i hate to tell like i i let's not compare napoleon to hitler though <laughs> Fair. but like in but yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. leadership that is yeah. comparable yeah yeah um, so I, that, I jumped ahead a little bit to that scene just because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make sure we talked about it. Um, and also it kind of just goes along with the Lien stuff anyway, because, mm -hmm. you know, like, like we said, um, she, she, I, I mean, clearly she always had the, that in her, uh, that level of, of like involvement and knowledge and everything but in china it was kind of useless i guess like she had the the teachings or whatever but they weren't ever going to necessarily at least at this point employ them or her maybe if yang xing had become you know emperor or whatever it would have been different but uh it, i mean and and she's still around and i'm guessing she's gonna be around and she's gonna continue to be this sort of if not immediate certainly background villain but uh, I mean, she really like, she really quailed Temeraire. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was scared shitless after he, you talked to her and she threatened him the way she did, um, I mean, which I fair. suppose anybody would like, be, but. Yeah, like, wouldn't you be? Cause like, imagine, <laughs> like this is essentially like a soft albino grandma who just taught you how to read coming up to you and being like, well, actually, sweetie, you fucked up my life. So now I'm going to fuck you up. And yeah. you can't stop me because I'm older and smarter, so too bad. And it was just I mean, like, like, like the sheer fear of that. I'm just like, oh god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she is. Uh, I mean, not just the older and smarter, but she's just generally. Um, she's just generally like. I, I mean, like, like the fact that that Napoleon is listening to a dragon's ideas on military tactics is clearly very important uh, because that's why they do so well in these battles against Prussia in this, you know, version of history. Mm -hmm. So I, I am definitely 
interested in seeing how far they take her involvement, like in the future, especially, you know what I mean? Um, because, uh, I mean, we all know how like the Napoleonic Wars ended. And we all, I also think there's, there's so much other stuff that is going to go on. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we know that at some point we talked about when we were talking about Throne of Jade, we talked about the fact that at some point we're, they're going to get to America. I'm pretty sure. I, I can't remember if it was Nami or Jonathan. America, yeah. Yeah. It, so they end up in the Americas at some point. So, I mean, there's nine books in this series. Um, so it can't all just be Napoleon and Leanne, but I, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I, I, I'm interested to see, you know, cause you'd think with Temeraire's power being what it is. And now they're also, they also have this fire breathing, like Britain also has this fire breathing dragon or is, you know, going to very soon. It's, uh, you know, they, they're, Napoleon's going to need Lienne and her knowledge and tactics in order to stay afloat, I guess you'd think like maybe not right away so much but certainly very soon um so yeah I'm, I'm i'm interested to see like how much more involved she gets and and how long she actually stays like is she gonna last the whole series like i don't know what I think, uh, I think i think i think if napoleon lasts the whole series and now she is essentially napoleon's like greatest ally and tactician that yeah. like she too would last for a long time yeah um, but speaking cool. of the Babby fire breathing, I was going to say, <laughs> can we talk about Sierra? <laughs> That's Just like, a, it's like, I really, I didn't even realize I was making a segue, but I did because wow, this dragon, but what, what's, what's her name again? And she's such a, she's such a gremlin. She's got such gremlin energy <laughs> and I really identify with that. And also just like the sheer, like reckless toddler energy of her being like that's my food temporary temporary is like i am so much bigger than you like i could just take it she's like no i would fight you and i would win what's her name again do you remember her name it's here okay uh i feel like it's like temporary is like the geriatric millennial and Iskira <laughs> is like that he's like he, she was she was born the last year millennials were born and temera is just like back in my day we didn't have we, we didn't have computers in our pockets child you know like also the funniest thing to me was just like when temera got jealous that she was going to take gramby and he was like he can't have her she can't have him he's mine that's my human just like it was so cute and then he's like take alan i don't give a shit about alan. and i was just like Fuck alan. and then of course will in the background just be like temera that was me and like don't don't do that temporary. And then of course, just God, Iskira is such a gremlin. And I think part of the reason that I'm like believing that so much is because one thing that I loved about this audiobook is that the voice actor for this is just like he's like a regular old British dude. And mm -hmm. oh, no. voice, he just does like this squeaky little angie toddler voice. <laughs> it is it's so pretty cool. impressive. It is amazing. It was just it was so iconic. So every time Iskira says something, he's like, No, I will I want to make you! <laughs> so good. See, that's not how I would have pictured her voice at all. Like, I wouldn't have pictured it that, like, high-pitched and angie. 
it's so funny because like I can't get the angry baby dragon out of my head now. And then and then of course Temer, like that one point where they're in a battle and like they're at the very back and no none of their allies are in the way and he's like, You can breathe fire at them now and she's like, Yay! Fire <laughs> and her like riding the cow that she's trying to kill and not letting Temerer cut it open for her. Just God, everything about her was such a treat, and I'm so excited for Gramby to have like the worst ass time trying to figure out how to deal with her. <laughs> Poor man is, but he's Poor also he's like honestly, she's like a she's like a misbehaving like like dog, like like puppy, like mm -hmm. rescue dog or something. Like I'm literally thinking of like. Oh gosh, like my like my dog Sokka is so just like obnoxious and and dumb sometimes. And like I'm just like, that's exactly how I picture this. Like he just he's like, oh gosh, like, oh, this is so frustrating. But also, I love it so much. I love it. I love her. She's mine, you know. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's so, so like good. I enjoy her a lot. And I'm also getting to the point where I can start to see why this series has like such like a small but dedicated following because as I'm getting deeper into it, I'm finding characters that I enjoy. Even Lawrence, that 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 boring boy is whirling <laughs> on me little by little. Cause like by the end he's because in the middle he's having his whole temerary we can't we can't make changes during war. Everyone's just gonna get distracted and temerary sad and then he's sad. And then by the end he's like, you know what, Temerer? We're fucking going for it, cause Napoleon's doing it. And I'm just like, I'm like big mood, Lawrence, bud. And he's also, I feel like he's a lot less dumb in this book mm -hmm. like, truthfully him just being like we're gonna heist the eggs made me like him like truly that was all he needed to do for me to just be like you're not a boring man anymore and him being like reckless egg heist and i was like yes and did they now now i'm like i know that one of the eggs obviously they lost did they not they only did they only carry two of them out what happened to the third egg so the third egg is the one that falls with um the boy so they have two eggs. So they have two, and now the one is hatched. Okay, so only, okay, so the other one hasn't hatched yet. I, 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 I my apologies, but like I, I, I kept saying this the last time, but I hadn't, you know, I read, I finished reading this book back in like April, so like some of the finer details, um, I'm just kind of like missing. But, How dare you um, not remember the exact number of eggs they heisted? Well, Tara. I knew there were three, and I knew that they took at least two, and that one of them was destroyed, and one of them had hatched. I couldn't remember if the second with the other the third one was one they had like somehow got had to leave behind or something but so they're still waiting for the third one to hatch but it's not a fire breather i know that yes, um, a regular old dude but yeah i'm i'm very much like it's it's very difficult for me to not look ahead and see if there's any information on what happens with iskara and and granby you know what i mean because it's yeah. like i care about granby He's one of the few people in these books that I actually give a shit about. And this dragon is hilarious. So I want to know what is going to like going to happen with her. I'm guessing that her being a fire breather, uh, she's going to become, you know, I, I would guess that she's not going to be in their like formation if he stays with Lilian Maximus. Uh, just because having a fire breather and an acid spitter in the same formation seems like overkill, but I truly have no idea what they're going to do with her because they this have is Brit. I don't know. These are British well, tactics. They're probably I'm about very, as great as Prussian. I'm very ones. curious. I was actually very like entranced by like the tactics of war in this book. Like when Napoleon shows up, because I was like, oh dang, that's a good idea. Oh dang, that's a good idea. <laughs> and I'm usually not 
usually the war parts come and I'm like, all right, zone out time. But this time I was like, whoa, look at that tactic, which was weird energy for me to have. But yeah, so um, there is like all of that. But then, yeah, no, I, I just, I hope we get consistent Iskara content because she's my little angry baby now. And I just want to see more of her being a gremlin. And I enjoyed that. <laughs> just like the energy of like a little pint sized infant trying to fight like the rock is what I was getting from this. And it was <laughs> very funny. And meanwhile, the rock is like holding her at hand's reach and just being like, small child no and she's like small child yes <laughs> <laughs> and he's just so he's so frustrated with her too Tamar is like because mm -hmm. he, he when he came out of his egg you know he was like so mature already and I, we didn't really get to see how like any of the other dragons or like maximus or lily so like is she like this because she's this type of dragon or because it might be a little bit of both so I think she might be like this because she's a fire-breathing dragon. And I also think that, like, Temera talking to her in the egg and, like, teaching her things might have just made her, like, very yeah. crazy. Because it also seems like it that... It made her a little bit extra. It made her a little bit extra angry. Because I think that, like, the other thing is that, like, when she comes out and names herself, like, Granby is shocked. And, like, that's, like, a, not a normal aviator thing and he would know. So, like, I think she's a bit... I think she's a bit extra. But I enjoy that she's a bit extra. I'm sure Lily came out and was just like a proper lady. And she was like, yes, here, have a little acid. I'm going I to completely... Wait a minute. Is Temer a little bit David and she's a little bit Alexis? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can even imagine her doing like the hand thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a little bit single, even when I'm not. <laughs> Is this a Shit's Creek reference? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. I was like, I don't think I get this, but I kind of get this. <laughs> Oh, no, you haven't watched Shit's Creek? No, I've only watched, like, half the first season, and everybody keeps telling me that, like, the first season isn't even the good part, so, like, I will watch it eventually, but I just haven't actually yet. Yeah, I know. You need to, but, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> not, not to go on a... I don't want to go on a Shit's Creek rant, but, yeah, it's so good. Um, but, yeah, that that was, like, kind of the picture I got with, like, Temeraire being just, like, Ugh, come on. And she's like, ew, Temeraire. I think my favoriteest part about it, though, was that, like, Temeraire was like, I'm sure I wasn't like that as soon as I came out. And Lawrence was like, I will wisely not say anything. Because while Temeraire wasn't, like, full gremlin energy, he was, like, mm. gremlin adjacent, I would say. He was, like, a wise gremlin. And it was it's just really funny for him to be like, I wasn't like that. And, Temer, and like, Lawrence would be like... Hmm. I like the idea of uh, dragon types being like zodiac signs. Mm. Mm. Like fire breathers are like your Aries, and you've got the ones that are Sagittarius like, too. Maybe yeah. I would guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably. That's not. my new headcanon: is that dragon types are the equivalent of zodiac signs. I, now I feel like I need to search this and see if anybody has done it. And if they haven't, I think we need to sit down when we're done with this series yep. and like write them all up because what is what is the Libra dragon? I need to know this for selfish science. We might not know that Same. yet. That, that's that's the problem yeah, though, because like we've Libra only too? met. We knew this, Libros. Libros. <laughs> we've only Libros. met like how many times? We've met. Um, the acid spitters, long wings, mm -hmm. and we've met uh, the the 
Maximuses. I, I, I only remember their names. I don't remember theirs. The Maximuses. Yeah. Yeah, God, yeah, the copper, something coppers. And then like the Celestials, the Imperials. And we don't really know that much about the Imperials really either. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, th yeah, there, there's so many dragon types that we know little to nothing about. Um, the Fleur de Nuis, like we know what they do and what they are, but we don't know anything about like what their personalities might be, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's six more books in this series. So I feel like we're going to get, you know, I'm hoping, and I, gosh, I don't even, like I said, I don't even remember what the other egg is that they have, but it's another Turkish dragon type. So we're going to know about that sometime soon. And hopefully, hopefully it will, when it hatches, they'll give it to somebody that's not, you know, that, that, that will actually like see the dragon again. Or see the dragon ever at this point. Uh, yeah. I'm still shocked that one egg has not hatched yet. I, I think that's why I forgot about it. No, I just kind of, I just kind of forgot about it. <laughs> Tamara was saying that it was like young enough that like it wasn't like developed enough yet at all, so it still has a while to hatch. I remember. Oh, yeah, because some eggs can take a really long time. Yeah. yeah. And also, I, I think it's that most eggs take a really long time, but Iskieras was like really close, which is why the deal was happening now. Yeah. Um, other other than that, uh, oh, well, and, and we haven't really even touched on, and I, I think this is probably like the last thing we have to, to really talk about. We haven't touched on the feral dragons at all, which are super important. Um, mm -hmm. like, like, especially you know, because like, because uh, of like the bit at the end, which is that guy writing that essay about how dragons aren't really smart. And if you teach like an animal, you're always going to think it has intelligence. And if a dog mm -hmm. could speak, of course, why wouldn't it? And I'm like, but ferals have a draconic language, bitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that and like, you know, I, I, I mean, just the, the whole storyline with them. It's like they 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 make the decision to go to Turkey and then they get there and they just, they're still feral, you know what I mean? But then Tharke goes back and he like collects them and they agree to help and they carry people. Like they help, don't they? they like the ferals, they help yeah. carry the people from Danzig like out of the city and, and to the British ships and everything. And it's like, you know, yes, they're, they're doing this for their own like, quote unquote selfish reasons but it's i think it's really important you know to note that throughout all of their interactions with them like the only time they do something that's really sort of harmful is when they see the um herds of sheep or whatever they are and they like attack them without thinking but dude they're like they're they, man they've been living in those mountains on these scrawny ass goats like they deserve those sheep they're just sitting there like mm -hmm. right for the picking they haven't learned you know what lawrence patiently taught temeraire that you can't just take you know you know herds that belong to others and stuff like that like and and i i the fact that Tharke was able to go back and like convince them to like come help and everything i i just what regardless of how he did it or, or whatever i i just feel like 
it's really this this is like a really important development in the series because we've only ever heard about feral dragons like in passing like they're either dangerous or they're like kept in these breeding grounds um and i think the other thing was like you know we knew that lawrence obviously had some misconceptions about dragons because like he comes into the service and he learns a lot about them and china's obviously doing things very very different differently but i think the amazing thing about this is that even the aviators are shocked that the ferals are like just sort of being chill with them and like yeah. being like helpful and like i think it's very it's so important because like it quite, kind of makes like Tamara's whole like argument for dragon rights like just be like hey look like listen to like the one person who's like dragons aren't sentient and aviators are just being like look at my smart puppy um and like also that whole comparison just made me very happy because all i could picture tara was you being like if Sokka could talk he would be very smart but dumb and i'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and but it was it was just it was so so good and like I just I loved all of it and like the feral dragons and just like little Arkady. Well, he's not little, but like I just loved him in general because like his whole vibes is like, yeah, I'm the I'm like third biggest, but I'm also first smartest. So take that. <laughs> yeah. And and <laughs> oh my gosh, and it's like, you know, when they first meet them and Temur doesn't want to share the pigs that have like already died and are probably gonna rot anyway. Cause he's like, those are my pigs. And Lawrence is like, listen, like. We're about to, you know, we're about to like shelter in their home. Like we need to mm -hmm. stay here. We've lost all of our tents and everything. And these, you cannot possibly eat all of these pigs before they rot without making yourself sick. So maybe share with other, with others. And with like Lawrence being the one to say that was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. This is like. I, I, oh no, Lawrence, I'm feeling a thing for you. But like, <laughs> that's a, it, honestly, that's a, it, it, if you really think about it, it's the, it's the way of looking at like the, the Uber like, like billionaires, you know, that it's like, do you really need all of this money? What could you possibly do with all of this money? You've bought everything you could possibly ever need or want. Why don't you share it with the people who are helping you make your living? You know what I mean? Like it's it's I don't know if that was the point Naomi Novik was trying to make, but that's what it is. Like mm -hmm. you don't need these riches. Why don't you share them with the people who do, especially as they're the ones that are helping you do a thing? You know, it's it I know some of the connections are a little bit tenuous, but and no, maybe I'm also just not describing them correctly. No, no, no. I definitely see it. Because, like, to me, in the moment, I just read it as, like, <laughs> temerary, a feral, feral boy. Look at look at you and your, your dragon tendencies to hoard. But, like, let's be fair. Dragon tendencies are rich people tendencies. And there is a definite parallel there. And... <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I, I see it now, and I didn't see it at first. And now that I see it, I'm like, yep, that is intentionally what it was, and I will not unsee it. So, well, and also considering that, you know, at the end of the summary, the point, one of the points that we made was that, you know, Temeraire is like, he has everything that he's experienced so far. Well, more so what he what he saw in China what he's seen with the ferals, you know, et cetera, like have led to him deciding that, you know, all dragons across the world should be more than just weapons or steeds, you know? Uh, and, and of course, Lawrence is 
you know, Lawrence is back here being Lawrence and like, oh no, but Temur, like we we have to, we have to, we have to prioritize the war. We got to win over Napoleon. Um, and and so I know that there's like, I don't know, like I I I I'm hoping or I I'm guessing that like also the like the interactions with the feral dragons and the fact that they came back and helped and everything, you know, that's just another kind of notch in that and Temur's like you know, list or another, another bullet in his list of reasons why dragons should be treated as, as more than, than what they are now in, you know, especially British society or whatever. Um, he's got such big ideas and we saw him getting those ideas. I know Nick, you didn't, you weren't on our, our, our throne of Jade discussion, but like, I'm certain you read the books. <laughs> Otherwise you'd be pretty lost in this one. But, um, <laughs> You know, I, I, we we see him like learning the th these things in the last book, and and in this book, he's consistently insisting on how he's going to want things to change when he gets back to Britain and everything. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes them to put any of these ideas into play. And I think it's it's probably going to start with these feral dragons, really. And I think it's going to be a combo factor of like the feral dragons being there and the feral dragons having made the decision to save the people and them having their own language and Tharke being able to speak it and comprehend and like humans being able to like technically use this language as well. Like it's not just quote unquote grunts mm -hmm. and groans like an animal. God, I wish I could learn to speak bird cheeps. That would be pretty great. But <laughs> continuing real train of thought, like, and I think, you know, another big thing is going to be Lawrence and like, the rest of the aviators going in and being like hey look like the army was more effective when people were used to dragons so people need to be used to dragons if we want to beat napoleon and i think more than anything that's going to be like the reason people are like all right maybe we'll consider this versus like hells no put them back in the put, go to the breeding grounds temerare well, God, I hope not with that. That would be, I, I can't, they can't afford it. The British can't afford to do that at this point, <laughs> no matter how, uh, no matter how ridiculous they think he's we know it's probably not going to happen. Doesn't mean the story can't like surprise us in the next six books or just temporary sagas and the breeding grounds and Lawrence just like woefully narrating from a prison cell. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, the rest of the series? Oh no, God, no. I'd rather, I'd rather not like, honestly, like just the, 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 the brief, like, uh, discussion about Temerer being with May and Lawrence was just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, there was also that section in this book when like, I'm pretty sure Temerer like learned how to masturbate and he was like, don't you like it better with a person too? And Lawrence was like, oh God, what? No, we're not talking about this. These are things that I would just like rather not be included. You know, I just, I just every time it happens, I just think it's hilarious. I <laughs> haven't read the Pern books for a reason. <laughs> yeah, valid. I I also haven't read the Pern books, but it's mostly just because I haven't bothered, not because of specifically that, but like whenever it happens in this book, it doesn't make me like, but it does make me just. Yeah, it's, it's not like gross. It's more just like, ugh, I don't want this. I don't, I don't want, want it. This. I don't want this at all. It would be like it would be like if my dogs could talk to me, okay, or my cats, you know, mm -hmm. and tell me about their sexual escapades if they weren't 
all, you know, neutered and stuff, but like, I don't want to hear this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've been reading it more as if like my little cousin came up to me and was like, I have a girlfriend now. And I'm just oh, like, yeah, okay, all right. It's nice for you. <laughs> okay. Um, so any last thoughts before we wrap up our uh, Black Powder War discussion? Nope. No, I mean, I, I, I think like generally, I think that, you know, the, I, I'm, I'm, it seems like the general consensus is that these books are getting better as we go on. Um, like I know that for me, at least this book had its slow, I, well, I guess Nick, you, you listened to it as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you feel like the pressure stuff got a little slow or do you think that it it's better if you're listening to it? I think it's better if you're listening to it. Okay. Well, that, I mean, honestly, that's good to know. Like I, I, to be honest, I don't have time to listen and also pay attention to what I'm listening to. Mm -hmm. uh, like my 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 like I'm listening to something in the background is I would not uh, I would not actually remember yeah. too much of it. Luckily I, for me, I have like some specific like crafty things that I do at work that like yeah. very high like visual and like like hand coordination detail oriented and then i just have nothing to occupy my actual brain so like this is kind of perfect because like yeah and i'm also one of those weird people that listens to everything on double speed so i can listen to audiobooks on 2x or 2.5x or 3x which most people find batshit crazy but like that's pretty batshit crazy yeah i i pretty much default for two 2x and sometimes i'll go up to 3x if like a book is like i'm over 10 hours and i'm like no thank you you are four hours now <laughs> i can listen to them at like one or 1 1.5 but that's about it uh but i the only time i've been able to like listen to audiobooks and actually pay attention is when i'm driving and i don't drive anywhere so <laughs> yeah i've started to have a commute again so i have been listening to it during my commute which is the reason why i'm reading or listening instead of reading well, I mean, honestly, that's good though. Like, it's good to know because yeah. I, I, I feel like, and even I say that the 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 Prussia, there were some slow parts in the Prussia part of this book. But when I say that, it's like I was bored for like twenty pages at a time, mm -hmm. you know, at most, at most. So it, 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 I feel like you can definitely see Naomi Novik's growth as a writer, mm -hmm. and you know, in terms of pacing and plot development and character development and everything. So I think another super good thing that happened for me, this book is that like, I've really gotten fully back into reading as I used to be like back in like middle school. So like now I'm literally reading five books at once. So whenever I get even slightly bored with something in any one of my books, I just immediately switch to another book. And I think that in general has sped up my reading speed a lot. And like in the last, like, what was it? Like, in the last two weeks, I've finished four books just because I keep switching whenever I get bored. So it just speeds up my like reading speed as a whole, which I know sounds batshit crazy and doesn't work for most people, but it works for me. So I was reading this and like a really like female centric biblical story, like at the same time, that was like also like just like What's it? Weird what, which story. one? What is it? So it's called Nama and it's basically okay. um it's like the story of the wife of Noah like when they're on the ark but it's also oh, interesting. that one yeah but it's also just like generally like very very weird like she's also like bisexual and she's having like and she like meets an angel and like she just like goes swimming all the time and like she like had a secret lover back in like 
human times when all the other humans were alive and alive and she like talks to god and like hallucinates friends it's just it's really, i will have really to look i definitely read a kind of weird book about one of noah's wives years ago so it depends on how old it is but if yeah, it's it, not the same one then maybe i have a book to suggest to you as well it is <laughs> yeah, it is nothing like i have ever read before i picked it up because i was like in a weird space and i was like i want to read something weird and then i started reading this and i'm like indeed this is weird <laughs> and it just it was entertaining and fun. Uh, well, on that note, speaking of entertaining and fun, um, so this concludes our Temeraire coverage until August. Uh, we are breaking, because the Temeraire series is nine books, and that's a lot of books, uh, especially considering they're all yeah. kind of in the same vein, unlike the Grishaverse, where there's a really good mix of what you know, type mm -hmm. of novel you're reading. Like you've got the YA solid, like original Grisha trilogy, and then the uh, Six of Crows duology that's heist, and then the Nikolai duology that's, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's neither one of those. Um, and the extra text and everything. So we are breaking from Temeraire for the next three webcasts. So in two weeks, which will be um, Wednesday, June 23rd, we are going to be covering the fifth season by N.K. Jameson. Um, I'm, I'm almost done with it. I just started reading it a couple days ago. Uh, but um, th these are very, very different from both I'm things so, that we've been so covering. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're I'm so excited. I devoured all three books in May, actually. So I'm just like, <laughs> weird. And I'm like, now let's talk about them. So uh, this goes for both of you guys. If you want to scream about these in my inbox as you're going, like I have read them all. So nice. I well, I will have to, I will probably have to do that after I finish this one because I'm pretty close to done and I am like, whoa. But so yeah, so starting on at our on our next webcast, which is Wednesday, the 23rd of June, um, we'll be covering uh, fifth season and then we'll be covering, I, see, I don't even remember, uh, Obelisk Gate is the second one, which um, is going to be Wednesday, July 7th. And then uh, Wednesday, July 21st, we'll be covering the third one, which is The Stone Sky. Um, and then we'll go back to three Temeraires, and then we'll break again for a different trilogy. But uh, I, I'm, I'm actually really excited about not just taking the break from Temeraire, but just in general mixing it up a bit. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh, the fifth season in two weeks. And thank you guys for... Uh, discussing this and I love that we're all you know even though I think we were all kind of just we're getting into this series but we're not loving it but as we go on I think we're all just enjoying it a little bit more with each book um, and I, I have high hopes I think for for the rest of the series once again I'm Tara along with Nick and Nami and uh, thank you again for joining us for Sagas and Sass and we'll see you in two weeks when we start <laughs> talking about the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jameson. Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.